0: In the Agony Cast.
1: Hello and welcome to the Agony Cast. I guess I guess that's what this is. Um, yeah, I'm here with Nathaniel.
2: Hello. I'm Nathaniel. Are we going <laughs> to... I'm a Jerry Rice street soldier.
1: Uh, I'm Jeremy, uh, man of leisure. Uh, it's just the two of us, so I guess I guess we're doing this. Um, before we uh, push this farce further, uh, the first thing we have to do is, um, during the last episode... And I don't want to harp on this, but I am bringing it up because he's not here. But Ryan confessed that um, when he and his family were camping, um, (laughs) they encountered the Red Hot Chili Peppers album on cassette. Uh, I think it's Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Um,
2: I've... As a as a as a listener to that episode, I can confirm that.
1: Well, um, I mean, I think he may have put those words in a different order during the episode, so one of us has mangled the title. Um, if it's me, I apologize. If it's him, he's blameless because clearly he had no access to this material. Clearly, um, but he he. Um, admitted that uh, when they were camping, they, they came upon this cassette tape and his dad smashed it with a rock. And it kind <laughs> of passed. I mean, you know, not unremarked upon, but it, it passed in that episode
2: too quickly. As a, as a and, thing that wasn't insane.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, and um, so, uh, you know, in, in hindsight, I mean, I think I honestly sat bolt upright during the middle of the night Um, and return to that because it raised so many troubling questions for me Um, you know had he smashed anything else at any other point did he view this like did he do this in anger or to him was this a service right Right. I mean was he like I'll show you sex magic
2: or Was was he a righteous blow for Christ
1: or, or was he, in his mind, just doing a, a, a custodial service, right? Like, right. Uh, well, let me just clear this up, and then, you know, who wants Gorp?
2: Yeah. So, I... I, 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 I yeah, go ahead. There's there's a there's something biblical about smashing it with a rock, right? There's picking it up and, and tossing it, but smashing it with a rock gives it a certain ethos that's really hard to, uh, to not be... Uh, odd and uh, to be awed at.
1: I guess you're right. I mean, that is part spectacle <laughs> yeah. in its own way. <clears throat> Anywho, I mean, I didn't want to uh, uh, beat this into the ground. Um, oddly, that's what Ryan's dad did with uh, Californication. Um, <laughs> but I, I did want to return to it um, just so that it's it's given its due.
2: Yeah, it, it was the nonchalance with which Ryan mentioned it too it's like one of those things when you when you say a thing you think is normal about your childhood but you realize it's not you know like not everybody so you know when your parents strap you down to your bed every night before you go to sleep like no that no one's parents do that it it had that kind of vibe too
1: yeah he was only obliquely aware of its (laughs) of its intent yeah or effect
2: yeah
1: anywho um Right, so you know what we do on this show. Well, if you do, email, because uh, it, it's uh, it's still vague to me. Um, but we uh, we start with the two-minute win-it round.
2: 2 minutes, win-it.
1: Um, wherein, uh, I guess the two of us will have an uninterrupted two minutes apiece for a total of four minutes.
2: Mm-hmm, uh, that math checks uh, out. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh to uh, during which we will respond to a predetermined prompt uh for this cycle it looks like it was uh after the release of ghosts at a watchman pitch a shocking prequel to another beloved novel uh nathaniel you are starting us off so uh take it away
2: okay well on the theme of sort of fathers who become disappointing um and also southern racists I think a really fantastic prequel would be a book about Huck Finn's absentee father, Pap Finn, um, who was once played by Ron Perlman in some filmic version of Huck Finn. Um, so this abusive, drunk, lying, absentee racist is like Atticus Finch, but of course cooler. Um, and so we'd have more induced fits of hallucination uh, through all stages of alcoholism, which Pap Finn apparently suffered from, um, we will, we will I, I think the title of this, I want to call it Reform with a Shotgun, which is a line that the judge uses on Pat Finn at some point in Mark Twain's Huck Finn. I haven't read it in a long time. This is just based on Wikipedia. Um, so this would, in, of course, involve meeting Huckleberry Finn's even more mysterious mother, who is completely unknown um, in the Mark Twain original novel uh, about Huckleberry Finn. Uh, so the novel would be an intense, dramatic exploration of a racist poor white Southerners' descent into an alcohol-fueled madness, which I think is certainly topical in this post-Trump age. But there would also be some comic moments as well. So Pap would fall into both the Missouri and Mississippi rivers on multiple occasions, perhaps from rafts, maybe even from a steam-powered paddleboat. There'd also, of course, be multiple occasions in which Pap experiences some form of erectile dysfunction prior to coitus, Um, with several women as a result of alcohol, as one of the major plot lines of this Pap Finn prequel would, of course, be Who is Huck Finn's Mother? Um, Spoiler alerts, it'll be the one woman for whom he's able to maintain an erection for, obviously. Uh, Just lots of general getting lost and, and milling around in Hannibal, Missouri. And, of course, plenty of raucous scenes where Pap Finn gets his cracker ass beaten by black people, both male and female. And that's all I have on the prequel. Reform with a Shotgun, the story of Pap Finn.
1: Sounds good. Sounds appropriate and timely.
2: I thought so. A kind of historical allegory that, that reaches into the present, but also satisfies the need to flesh out the, uh, the Tom Sawyer Huckleberry Finn universe.
1: Yeah, the Finniverse. That does need some flesh. Yeah. Who would you think about for the uh, movie, the inevitable movie version of this?
2: Well, I mean, I, I think Ron Perlman has played him before, so we could certainly bring Ron Perlman back. But I wonder too. That's a little too. If we want to go more hard drama, um, maybe someone like Billy Bob Thornton.
1: Hmm. What's up his alley?
2: Sort of a half half Sling Blade kind of uh, character there, um, or maybe even Daniel Day Lewis in a in a sort of There Will Be Blood also.
1: You're really reaching for the stars here.
2: Is well, why not? His there will be blood? Obviously, another famous terrible father role in cinema. True. You know, he's a, he's a, the you know there's there's a famous there's a there's lists as I was doing research lists of famous terrible fathers throughout uh, throughout literature, and Pat Finn makes most of these lists. Um, although, what's interesting is is the sort of the way that he's used as a way of pointing up sort of Huck Finn's. Um, innate moral virtue that apparently has no historical or um, source in his upbringing so mm. despite despite Huck Finn's socialization in a horribly racist southern climate being raised by an abusive alcoholic father still manages to do the right thing often against his own moral instincts on account of his upbringing
1: so it's an argument against nature and nurture
2: yes so I like it I like that I like so Reform of the Shotgun kind of makes sense there's a kind of brute force there hmm
1: who does the uh Tom Sawyer cameo
2: um Oh uh, ooh boy
1: is this another thing that Jesse Eisenberg could ruin
2: yeah yeah but I don't want him to ruin it maybe Tobey Maguire he could ruin it yeah or uh the guy that played Bilbo Baggins not Bilbo Baggins Frodo Baggins Elijah Wood Who's 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 ageless? Perhaps even more ageless than the great ageless Matthew Broderick,
1: hmm. who um, uh, ruins things mostly by committing vehicular
2: manslaughter,
1: <laughs> scoring, scoring points on Ferris Bueller.
2: Yep, yep. I don't think that that spitting the tires backwards thing I, that does not work. I don't think
1: <laughs> in either circumstance. <laughs>
2: by the way, another terrible father that. That Ferris Bueller just abandons his friend Cameron too.
1: Yeah, he'll be fine.
2: Mm-hmm. Maybe that guy could be in it in some way.
1: A lot of interesting things in the uh, the Huckleberry Finn answer there. I mean, you've got uh, sort of right up the uh, right up the tree of Freudian, you know, bad father and sex is tied in there as well.
2: Yeah. Oh no, this would be this would be it'd be very explicit, I think.
1: Right. You're going to have to go for minimally a hard R. Yeah. Oh
2: yeah. Oh yeah. Despite it'll be explicit, despite of course Pat Finn's famous erectile dysfunction that I previously mentioned.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go on Wikipedia here and just add that the time to windsock is under 3 minutes. <laughs> what? The windsock? I'll let you google. It. <laughs> oh. <laughs>
2: Okay, I'm um, back up to speed now.
1: Yikes. We both had colds. Unrelated. Yeah. Yes. All right, well, um, I guess that's it. Is there anything more to say about, uh, about your response?
2: No, I've shot my Pat Finn one. Excellent. Excellent.
1: All right, so uh, moving on to my response here. Um, and as per usual, you know, I, I find my way to the top by outworking, outfighting, and outloving the people around me. Um, so I've uh, delved into not just one beloved prequel, but uh, but many.
2: God, uh, one of these days you're going to get just disqualified on a technicality. You just spit in the face of the whole idea of the two minute round and the prompt. Anyway, take take it away.
1: Yeah, one of these times I'll be technically incorrect—the worst kind <laughs> of incorrect. Anywho, um, so. Any of these are are viable options. Middle-aged Yeller. Silas Marner Sr. Are you there, Zeus? It's me, Margaret. Pretty good, Fudge. That one's a thinker. Oliver Half-Twist. The House of the Six Gables. A nice spot for a red fern. (laughs) Johnny by Main. The Hardy Boy. Seeds in the Attic. The Canterbury Storyboard. Unripe Huckleberry Finn. Maybe that's a little synergy there. Yep, yep. The Kitten in the Mitten. The Infrared Badge of Courage. Cobaltus Cobalt B. Little Zoned Plot on the Prairie. Good Evening Moon. The Vine of Wrath. I've yet to see it on Mulberry Street. Amelia Adelia, Sweet Valley Low, Little Normal Annie, Little Bastard Annie. Those two are a pair. The Locomotive Children, Anne of Yellow Gable. So any of those, I think the pitch would be, it's just like the original, only less so. That's all I got.
2: That's how I understand all prequels. They're just are hey. just less than, which is certainly true of the Star Wars prequels. Indeed. Ah, uh, well, well done. That was that was worth the, uh, worth the asterisks that will be given to this presentation. Oh, there was a lot of thinkers in there. I liked Yellow Gable. That was that was uh, you got you got stuck to therein. <sighs> What was the one that really got me I forgot I forgotten it already. I think it
1: was a nice spot for a red fern. Yes. <laughs> it,
2: really it was. Uh mostly because I cried at when that when I when I got to the end of that book as an adolescent.
1: Mm. And as an adult and then and. as a senior.
2: <laughs> so how would I mean just pick any one of these for sort of uh give me a treatment of one of these. I uh, I liked uh, I like particularly I want to notice a trend too a lot of these were um, uh, landscape based so several mm-hmm. sort of plotting and agriculture based ones yeah so you know as A Little House on the Prairie I guess when they picked the plot of land uh, yeah. the spot where one plants the fern yeah um,
1: well I think what that really underscores is um, uh, that most classic novels uh, are uh, based in geography right yeah, yeah. Middle March
2: I appreciate your attention to place. It gives place. You know, I mean, a lot of people, they you know, they pay lip service to the idea that the, that the setting is a character, but you seem to be really uh, chomping down on that.
1: Yeah. I think Seeds in the Attic is probably going to be the gold medal one because, you know, people just can't get enough of underage incest.
2: <laughs> they really can't. And would this be even more underaged? I suppose so. This would yeah. be speculative...
1: This would make ass, a, I guess. Yeah,
2: this would make even the French blush. Right. Oh, well, were there any that you cut?
1: Yes. <laughs> we'll discuss those in the extended <laughs> reel.
2: Okay. Okay. So I, I suspected as much. I suspected there's a couple that got cut that, 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 because you didn't think they were funny. And, and then a bunch that you cut because they're, they're despicable.
1: If I scroll down the page here, a few yeah. carriage returns later, <laughs> I mean, the thing to keep in mind about these is that they're prequels, right? So we have to make some exceptions, some, uh, some allowances for language <laughs> and ideas that were prevalent.
2: <laughs> if you say so. These are prequels, so if I'm a monster, it's, it's, it's for good right. reason.
1: Blame history. All right, well, anywho, um, so those are our uh, there are our uh, wax at the uh,
2: uh yeah, not bad
1: yeah boy it's very, it's a very different vibe when it's conversational between the two of us
2: yeah, I mean particularly because <laughs> historically, even though we have for vast stretches of time been locked in a room together, we still not quite mastered talking to each other.
1: <laughs> you know, we need a third party here this thing is a
2: we normally do well if we have a third, uh, you know. Yeah.
1: Um, anywho, well, uh, segue. Um, yeah. It, our, our good friend Ryan uh, has uh, tried to help us out with this by uh, sending in a, uh, a rogue broadcast. Um, that's really all he could say. He sent me a, a telegraph, which strangely still had blood on it. Um, so let's go ahead and, and turn things over to, uh, to Ryan's uh, uh, rogue message here and see what he's got for us.
0: This is Ryan. I'm breaking into the Agony Cast transmission with an emergency CusCast. I am here in Greece with Clive Cussler. We have probably unearthed the bejeweled codpiece of Socrates, long thought to be merely a legend, purportedly the codpiece he was wearing when he drank the hemlock poison. And we have been searching for it for months. We've been on a mission together. I wanted to. Cuss, do you wanna you wanna jump in here? No, he he doesn't want to talk. Okay. Well, but um, I wanted to tell his family that he's safe. That he his participation was largely voluntary. That he's really gotten into it uh, since I first uh, dragged him uh, somewhat forcefully on this mission. But we are, we're very excited to be here. It's been quite a, I wanted to share it with you. Um, I'm about to open a treasure chest that I believe contains the cod piece. We're in a catacombs. Um, it's been quite, quite a mission. We started at the uh, sacred site of the Mausoleum of Halicarnassus. That took us on an underwater expedition to the shipwrecks caused by the flaming mirror of Archimedes that reflected the sun, and that took us finally to the catacombs that are the burial grounds of the elephants of Hannibal. And and here we are, it's been, we've had an amazing time on this trip, I've really gotten no cuss well. Um, finally, it's sort of a lifelong dream for me. Um, we have <clears throat> bedded many women, each uh, more exotic and passionate and voluptuous than the last, or... I guess I should say that Cuss has bedded many women, uh, each more voluptuous and exotic and and passionate than the last while I lay quietly in the bed next to him in the youth hostel where we were staying. But I I learned a lot about uh, lovemaking and passion that I think I can apply in my own life. So thank you, Cuss. That's yet another treasure that you've given me. (laughs) But the real reason we're here is to Open this treasure chest that contains this this cod piece. It was thought to conceal an erection that Socrates had upon his death. I'm I'm about to open it here. We had to dodge some Etruscan separatists in order to get in here, in order to open the treasure chest at all. So uh, let's let's uh, cuss. Do you have the key? That we found, it was uh, underneath the Parthenon, just as the paintings that we studied predicted. I actually used a little bit of some Robert Langdon-style shit to uh, kind of interpret <laughs> some paintings and figure out where we are. It's sort of blending some of my favorite authors together, a little Dan Brown, a little Cuss. Uh, but, you know, it's, it, it worked. It worked. The magic is real. So, Cuss, hand me the key, please. And... Oh, no. Oh, no, Cuss, do you hear that gunfire? Oh, my God. It's the Etruscan separatists. They found us. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. They're getting closer. Hand me the key. Hand me the key, Cuss. Hand me the key. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Clive Cussler has been shot. Clive Cuss, are you all, Are you are? He's dead. He's dead. Clive Cussler is dead. America's literary giant. Clive Cussler has just been shot by Etruscan separatists. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Farewell. Farewell, you sweet angel. Tonight... You hunt treasures with God. Godspeed to the stars, my friend. Godspeed, you sweet prince. Oh, oh, God. Oh, okay. There's so much blood. Oh, and now the Etruscans are aiming their weapons at me. Listen, I, I think this is it for me. Uh, my long prophesied death. Uh, I just want to say my biggest regret is not being able to record a Frasier style outro <laughs> for the Agony cast. I wanted to put a little Al Pacino in it, a little Hua! Hoo-ah, hoo-ah. You know, sort of that, that kind of thing where the Al Pacino.
2: I have one question. So, was he in a... a, Was he in a mausoleum? Is that a mausoleum for mice? Or does Ryan just say mausoleum really weirdly?
1: Uh, Well, uh, perhaps his father shattered his reading books when he was a child, too. Yeah, I don't know. That was riveting. Riveting stuff, though.
2: So, is Ryan dead again?
1: Um, you know, that's really up to the Etruscans, I suppose.
2: That's true. We don't have confirmation.
1: Ruthless bastards.
2: Yeah. Where was that? What was the source of that uh, telegram?
1: Um, it, it was actually given to me by a monkey wearing a fez.
2: <laughs> nice, nice. Did the monkey steal anything from you?
1: Not that I'm aware of, but can you ever really trust them?
2: No. Filthy animals. <sighs> wow that was that was heart pounding
1: yeah um it's good to hear another uh, uh transmission from the the cuss cast however i don't yeah. know how many more we're going to get you know no each one is a pearl
2: yeah yeah there was some great line reads in there
1: <laughs> bigger bigger <laughs> All right, um any um moving on to our uh, the next half of our game, the uh speed round.
2: Speed round. Yes, the game designed for two.
1: Right. <laughs> this is going to be settled with a coin flip. We both <laughs> lose. Um yeah. so as oh, sorry, as regular listeners know, um this is where we we being the two of us uh provide impromptu responses to a randomly determined series of stems here. Um, So let's see. It looks like our first one is, what would happen on the trip if you paid $500,000 to go hunting with Trump's sons? Uh, Just a little background information on this because I did do a little legwork. I did my homework. Um, It turns out that indeed um, there was a, a, a charity opportunity um, where individuals could pay uh, substantial sums of money in order to go on a hunting expedition with Trump's sons, uh, Don Jr. and Eric. Uh, interestingly, it looks as though the, the tiers uh, corresponded to, uh, to dollar values. So for the bald eagle tier, uh, you get a multi, uh, multi-day hunting and fishing expo. expo. Um, for four guests with the uh, the Trump boys there, that's going to set you back a million dollars. Okay. Yeah, that's that's walking around money. Um, for those of us who are a little uh, thrifty but still want to donate to this nameless, rudderless charity, um, for the uh, the bargain price of uh, half million—that's five hundred thousand—that puts you in the grizzly bear package. Um, you still get a multi-day. Hunting expedition, both brothers are still there, thank God. Uh, but it's only two guests. Mm. Okay? So probably you're thinking bald eagle, right?
2: Yeah. Although I, I, I have my, you know, I think four, I mean, in many ways you get to bring more people. But that just distributes the amount of Trump boy contact you get. So as far as as far as I'm concerned $500,000 gets me more not less access. Yeah. To Don Jr. Also, okay. I as a as a bear fan, I'm I'm I get it, America. But I don't know how a bald eagle rates more than a fucking grizzly bear.
1: Yeah. Curious choice of symbolic animals given that the uh uh one associated with Mother Russia is of course the bear, but Right. Who might comment right. on such things?
2: Yeah, yeah. I think well, five hundred thousand dollars. I think that gets you um, at least a, a couple of days. You can work on the one, the Trump Wine Vineyard. Sure. Yeah. So, um, you have to just
1: place some immigrants for those jobs.
2: Right. Assuming they get special permission to hire them. Um, do you think it's more more or less sodomy?
1: Um, I think it's a lateral move. Yeah. It's just different sodomy.
2: Right. Grizzly bear sodomy.
1: Right. I'm starting to think those animals might be metaphorical in a couple of ways.
2: Right? <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, say it real about those Trump boys, which does make me think Duke boys every time, but more like 80s movie villains than rednecks in a beat-up car. So, but yeah, what would you get? What would you get for your... I mean, other than... Multi-day with two friends. What else does five hundred thousand dollars get you?
1: Well, and as you've said, I mean, the assumption here—the bare assumption—is that you're going to be picked up in a vehicle, and then you're going to uh-huh. go directly up the four hundred five, straight into Pound Town. <laughs> Vehicle's going to slow down. You're going to get out.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're going to drive away sobbing.
2: Does does uh? Does uh is Baron? Is that his name? I don't the think little he, one.
1: I don't think he's a, that. Is his name, but I don't think he's attached to the hunting package. Unless, okay. unless he is the most dangerous game. I haven't read this entire salon article.
2: It's it's not clear what we hunt, right? It could be Syrian refugees. Would be my guess.
1: Could be. It could be the people who came in with the fifty thousand dollar tier. There's
2: a fifty thousand.
1: Yeah, it looks like whatever your budget as long as it starts at 50000 and up.
2: What's that animal? The weasel? It says
1: coffee date. <laughs> no, it doesn't. So I guess dates. Dates are animals. <laughs> I tell you, for a half million dollars, I'm expecting a used Toyota, and I don't mean the sex move.
2: No, no, but at least an electric Franklin, which is a sex move.
1: These are all sex moves. I'm a sex move, (laughs) you're a sex move (laughs) Grizzly Bear and Bald Eagle's a sex move
2: I get a cabinet position, I would assume
1: Probably, Probably. why not?
2: Probably an SA head Sure,
1: anyone can sit down on those meetings now Yep I bet you no joke they'll give you a literal license to kill, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, I assume it comes with a hunting license You've just blown my mind Yeah does it say where, um, or is that is that is that dealer's choice, as in as in Trump's casinos, I'm or does it take see... place inside Trump's casinos?
1: It says White House lawn, but that can't be correct, right? <laughs> no. I guess all the rules are off now. This is basically the fucking Hunger Games.
2: Do You think there's a there's a not there's a there's a tier above this that's not that's not advertised?
1: Oh, of course. Yes,
2: yeah. there are going to
1: yeah. be VIP levels that we're not privy to, nor the fine journalists yeah. at Salon. <laughs>
2: yeah, fake news. Uh, what do you think? What would you think? Ten million dollars would get you. It can't just be more days, or yeah, more
1: people, or more guests. Although this is an unimaginative group, it could be precisely that. Just more know. people. Yeah, maybe you're killing more exotic creatures.
2: Yeah, I really think, I think more people for more money, uh, that makes a certain logic. But essentially what you're paying for is access. So in that sense, it makes less sense that you'd get more people with more money.
1: You know, trying to decrypt the logic of this is a fool's errand. You're aware yeah. of that, right? Mm-hmm. You fucking people on the left, you're, you, tr- you, you keep trying to fact check this. It's not going to work.
2: Yeah, I guess you could use this to, to kill them.
1: I think as long as they're field-dressed, that's even within the law.
2: Yeah, no, I'd tag them first.
1: Sure. And then use every part. Yes. All right. So, uh, wasn't, wasn't the previous a, an actual violation of some law? Probably. Well, I guess that's up for a jury to decide. Um, so let's move on to our second prompt, which is America's Least Popular Tourist Attractions. America's least popular tourist attractions. Well, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. There's not a one in this great land we call the USA.
2: Well, I mean, that's. I appreciate your patriotism, but I think we need to give the audience something. Um, I went to a, a rather disappointing location over the summer, which was the outhouse in which Jimmy Carter was conceived.
1: That's right. There it is. That's right. Hmm least popular you know this really should be something that i would know about because a lot of my childhood was spent on car trips taken to precisely these sorts of things
2: what if there's a new one now it's actually the spot where ryan's dad shattered that tape with the rock yeah it's actually one of ryan's least favorite stops
1: coincidentally where the trumps are hunting
2: right uh, with rocks and they're hunting flea about about an hour from here is, is America's largest rocking chair.
1: Hmm. Now I know where you live and I can black on a seat.
2: That doesn't rock. Um, well Ryan and I once went to uh went to uh visit Puxitawney. Did
1: you see the uh the groundhog there?
2: Yeah, Phil's kept in a in like a in the children's library in a glass enclosure.
1: It's a pretty sweet gig.
2: It's it's a pretty sad gig too.
1: That's not the real Phil, man.
2: No, no, we asked, it is. We explicitly asked, which Phil is this? And the lady was like, this is the original Phil, there's been only one.
1: Oh boy, sucker's born every minute.
2: They also said Bill Murray was a very nice guy.
1: Now that I don't believe.
2: Well, we asked everybody that we ran into.
1: (laughs) That I do believe.
2: Yeah. It's surprisingly unimpressive, the... uh, the setup they got there. There's very little overhead in Groundhog Day.
1: Huh. You got a stump.
2: Yeah, that's it. There's a stump in a somewhat impressive clearing.
1: Some of those food pellets, some bedding. Yeah. Children's library. Those are a dime a dozen now. What could yeah. I get for half a million dollars?
2: We could probably hunt Phil with the Trumps or uh, with uh, Ivanka. Right. after she uh after she dries herself off after a meeting with the canadian prime minister did you not see those pictures circulating no i did not of her of her staring at justin trudeau oh I oh, see. boy oh yes yeah. this- she was looking she was she was she was halfway to pound town with her eyes
1: staring at him like a groundhog looks at a food pellet
2: indeed He's an attractive guy, and, and he is rightly he's on the right side of history in being pro Keystone Pipeline, so.
1: In Canada, you know, we've always had a uh, kind of a Sam and Diane thing with them.
2: Is it really the least impressive American monument or or American tourist location? Just Canada.
1: There we go. We found it.
2: Okay, what's the third one?
1: Uh, least needed public advocacy groups. Mm. least needed public advocacy groups, well, I guess at this point that would be all of them, right, yeah, I think it's time to lean into this,
2: yeah, I think men's rights advocates are probably not necessary anymore,
1: yeah, seems like uh the Nazis are doing okay themselves,
2: yeah, I mean, if they ever were, I think white power's done pretty done pretty well for itself,
1: <laughs> below these millennia, yeah, <laughs> white yeah, power's done yeah. pretty pretty all right,
2: yeah. I mean, I'm don't, I don't, not saying it was ever needed, but it certainly doesn't seem necessary now. Yep. Um, what do you got?
1: Nothing. I was uh, paralyzed by an overwhelming wave of sadness.
2: Yeah. Like, yeah. so, essentially, no. But the answer is everything.
1: Right. Yeah. It's, it, it's,
2: it's either pointless because you're winning or pointless because you have lost.
1: Yeah. So things have sort of compressed into a flat circle here, where the the ends are
2: meeting. Heat, heat death? Is that what that is?
1: Only heat death I know about is the one in the Bible. Lake of fire. That's spicy. Let's see other public advocacy groups that are least needed.
2: Oh boy. PETA?
1: <sighs> I wonder how the Red Hat Society is doing nowadays. <laughs> Gotta be interesting times for them, huh?
2: Yeah, I bet I wonder if there's if there was a big schism lately. Seemed to be that might this uh this most recent election result might have been a mixed bag for those gals.
1: Yeah. Best of times, worst of times.
2: Um uh, Alcoholics Anonymous? It's just we're all no one's anonymous anymore now. Anonymous? Are we done with them?
1: Although I heard um their most recent um completely solid threat was that the current presidential administration has I believe until the end of the month to step down or else there's going to be repercussions
2: what would that be? I mean what what could they possibly have that would be dick pics?
1: yeah you gotta assume
2: yeah like pictures of DeVos' penis indeed (laughs) so
1: yeah So any other thoughts about public advocacy groups?
2: I mean, just public advocacy itself, I think, is probably done.
1: There we go. We don't need that. Yeah. It's just getting in the way of progress. Right. Which I mean, returning to the Dark Ages.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I mean, to go forward, a lot of times you have to go backward. Things move in a circle. The best thing to do is to slam on the brakes and to push things back.
2: Like that scene in The World According to Garp when that guy gets his penis bit off.
1: Exactly like that. Exactly yeah. like that.
2: No, well, that's, just, that's just getting rear-ended, which works.
1: You know, you can get that for half a million dollars from Donald Trump's boys.
2: Yeah. See, because it's not just that we're going backwards. It's that the past is slamming into us. It's like, we're not going back to 1950. We're being rear-ended by 1950. It's the return of the repressed and by repressed, I mean I mean people who've been in charge since the 1950s.
1: Right. Good times.
2: Yeah. It's going to be like Mad Men all over again, except you never get to the season where uh, where women get important positions. It's just the first season of Mad Men over and over again.
1: All right. Any other public advocacy groups coming no. to mind? No. All right. Well, that takes us to the vote.
2: Vote. 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 vote.
1: wait a minute what am i talking about we're not voting there's two of us
2: (laughs) yeah plus plus democracy is dead so we should we'll never vote again
1: public advocacy for that
2: yeah i'm actually registered to vote on three podcasts so (laughs) that's my that's the joke of the night for me
1: all right so let's see we'll just do the next one here in the list for the next quote-unquote episode of the agony cast Um, which is uh, let's see here what is the best daytime television show to which to masturbate oh man yeah that's a fruitful or I guess a fruitless uh, topic what's the best daytime television show to which to masturbate so join us next time won't you where we uh, do a deep dive into into this topic alright we're done
0: Oh, baby, I hear the blues are calling tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Hoo ah! Baby, I seem a bit confused, but maybe. Hoo ah! I got you pegged. Hoo ah! Oh, I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Hoo ah! To call it again. Hoo ah! Good night, Agony Cast. We love you!